Welcome back, everyone, to Burn the Ship. This is the podcast where we want to introduce all of our entrepreneur friends, everyone within our network, to some fellow entrepreneurs uh, and people that can help you go all in on your business. Um, today, we're here with a couple of new friends of mine. I'll let you guys introduce yourself briefly, but they're in the HVAC industry um, and going to walk us through uh, learning a little bit about how to kind of navigate the heat, take advantage of kind of the situation that you're in. Um, so it's going to be a pretty cool conversation. I appreciate you guys for coming out and making your way over here. Um, so why don't you go, guys introduce yourself? Okay. Um, my name is Stacy Ketchum, and uh, I am a partner in the Business Comfort Zone Heating and Cooling. We're located in Canton, Georgia, and I've been in the industry about 14 years. Cool. Uh, I'm Travis, and I'm Stacy's partner, and um, same company, obviously. And I've been doing it about 20 years now. Heat cool. and air specifically. And how did you guys get specifically into the HVAC space? Well, my story is a little different than probably most people. Um, the company started, my my brother and my dad actually owned it. And um, just over the years, my dad decided to retire. And um, in 2018, Travis and I bought the company from him. Cool. And you've been in the, so you said you've been in there 14 years. You worked for your dad before. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's where you learned everything? where I learned everything. Where'd they learn everything? Um, actually, my dad is, um, he worked for a Fortune 500 company and retired mm. pretty young. Um, and Most of uh, those people tend to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. And um, my brother had um, had the opportunity to go to school for HVAC and knew that he wanted to start his own company. Um, so when he got done with the schooling, um, my dad and him, who had just recently retired, started the company together. That's pretty cool. That's actually really cool. And had and what year was that? They started the company. Oh my goodness! Um, now I have to do the math. <laughs> so, twenty eleven. It was 07. They started in 07. So okay, it was fourteen years ago. So mm-hmm. you were there, kind of, with the inception of the company. Pretty much. Um, it started yeah. out with them. It did. Just the two of them. What and was it when you guys acquired it? What was the the size at that point? was about a million dollars in revenue, maybe a little bit over that. Mm-hmm. How many employees? I don't know, 15, um, yeah. something like that. 15? What are you guys, what is the What is the size now? When we, did you guys acquire it? We acquired it in 18. Oh, cool. 2018. Um, however, prior to 18, my dad was still owner um, a few years prior to 18, but he wasn't real active in it, so he just kind of let... Travis and I managed the company, and he just kind of took a back seat to it. Um, with the intention, we knew that he was going to sure. sell. It was just, you know, timing thing. But um, so yeah, now we um, we hope to end the year about three point five million, and um, we have twenty eight, almost em- thirty, yeah, yeah, almost thirty employees. Wow, scaling up. Yep. So you're basically double, at least double what you know, three years ago, has that been kind of the, the stand, like, what are you guys growing kind of with the standard of your industry? Are you guys growing fast? Are you guys going slow? What, what does it look like compared to some of the, the other HVAC companies? So HVAC is weird. I guess contractors as a whole, you either, um, you either grow or you stay small. That's the right. middle space. You're not really making money as an owner, right? It's just stressed. Right. So when you hit about a million dollars, that's when that's like a, chucking a truck, right? A guy just doing it by himself on the side. That's about uh, the top and out. Maybe he's got a helper, maybe right. one other truck. So at $1 million, you've got to make a decision. Do I want to grow this or do I want to stay small? Maybe even go back smaller. 
So the big hurdle after that is two million. Two million is tough. You need two million dollars. That's that was a hard one for us. And then three to four, I think, is the next logical step. Mm-hmm. And then I've always heard um, seven would be the next one. Our goal is to get to ten. That's that's really where we're driving to. Sure. How are you guys going to get there? What does it look like all HVAC? Are you guys going to kind of divide up and, and create new divisions where you offer different services? What What's their goal to continue to, to grow? Good question. So, yeah, we have um, entertained the idea of bringing on more trades like electrical or plumbing. Um, we haven't so far. We have talked to other companies who are interested in selling out, you know, smaller companies. Um, but at this time, not this year, we won't bring on anything, but it is definitely something we'd be interested in doing in the future. We, when we started this, Stacy and I specifically, and, and like she said earlier, we were kind of running it when it was a lot smaller prior to 18, and we said we want to specialize just in HVAC and get our processes down, really kind of perfect what right. we're doing. And then as we've grown, we've realized, you know, we, we've, I think we run a pretty tight ship. We do. I think one of the things we've learned over the years, um, and this is because when my dad, my brother started, it was kind of like, you know, we'll come out to your home. We'll, we'll pretty much do anything you want us to do. You want us to, you want us to build a fence, build a fence, replace a hot water heater, build a barn. You know, what did you want? What do you want us to do? And we learned over that time that we really just need to focus on what we specialize in, you know, only, only work on what you know. And I guess that would be a message to your listeners. You know, if they don't know, electrical don't offer electrical if you don't know plumbing don't install hot water heaters because those things will just only bite you in the butt later all right so what was your introduction into the industry i got started well actually i um was real young 18 had a kid so my first kid i was 18 i was panicked like man i gotta i gotta do something Mm. and i had a, a cousin who was in hvac and his boss actually happened to be the president of Northeast Florida Builders Association. So they offered an apprenticeship program there. So I got started doing that with a buddy and I stayed with that company for, God, it was like 10 years. And then I actually went to uh, Afghanistan with the Department of Defense and did contracting work in Afghanistan. Oh, wow. Which is a wild place. Um, And then when I went back, I kind of outgrew the old company I was at. And I was looking for a change. So I I moved up to Georgia and and got connected with Stacy and Brian and all them. Cool. Well, that's pretty cool. What was, uh, how, how did you get that connection to the people that took you to Afghanistan? It was actually a guy that I worked with for a long time. He said, Travis, I'm, I'm going to Afghanistan. Do you, do you want to come? I was like, man. He said, no. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> actually, I said, well, how much? And he told me, and he's like, it's tax-free. I said, man, man I don't know. I got a, My son nice. at the time was... A guy, he was maybe eight, nine, ten. Something it's like weird that. how your fear of death goes out the window when you hear tax free. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? That's the truth. That's the truth. It, 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 it's not so bad, right? Because I'm, you know, for a soldier, they're going outside the wire, right? They're going oh, to yeah. the fight. For contractors, we're just on a base. Right. Right. So I was on an interesting base. Uh, it was called Fob Fenty. So it had an airfield around, and then you have all these smaller bases around it that you would take helicopters and fly to and fix air conditioners on. So, but it, it really, pretty cool. it wasn't that bad as far as, you know, I wasn't seeing combat day to day. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. So what, um, you know, as you guys continue to develop your business, has there been any like big changes, big challenges that were different from when like your dad had it before you were kind of in that owner role, you were in that manager role? 
for sure. I mean, oh yeah, we've made. I mean, we've made a lot of changes. Um, probably our biggest thing that we've done since we've taken it that I believe has helped move this forward is uh, training of our employees. We spend a lot of time um, when we hire them. Um, it's a two-week um, onboarding process, um, so it's a lot of training, constantly training. All of our employees are brought in weekly um, with their team. They're doing training during those times. We meet uh, monthly as a company, and it, it um, there's a it, it's it's interesting because you know when COVID happened, we we weren't able to meet like we were. Um, so it, things kind of seemed to you know revenue wasn't there last year. Um, at least during that time, which, you know, for us, spring's a pretty busy time. Sure. So, um, you know, we were like, oh, it's because of COVID, it's because of COVID. And then, you know, towards as we got into like September, we were like, you know what, we need to really get back on track with our meetings and our training. And when we did, we actually ended the year really well. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with just the the relationship that our employees have with each other. And mm-hmm. they really missed seeing each other on a regular basis. I mean, it was just like, it was like a family reunion at the first big Mm -hmm. company meeting following COVID. Um, And I think that's just real important. Sure. I think one of the biggest changes we made was the orientation, that two week onboarding process. When you hire technicians and it's, and this is all contractors, really people jump around, right? The guy's leaving for a dollar. So he's been to 15 other companies before he's come to us. And he has a different philosophy on what the trade is than what we have. So that two weeks is really trying to flip his culture to our culture. What we found is when you have all these different, you got a tech from Castile and you got a tech from Reliable and you got a tech from Cool Ray, they come in and they're like, well, we did it this way over here. We did it this way over there. And it, it, does, it doesn't match if this amalgamation of just different philosophies on what's right and what's wrong. And we had to get everybody on board to what ours was. That's really helped with the retention of our employees. Have you guys had any like difficulty finding workers? Oh yeah, that's all. It's a. Is it, is it just a constant thing, or is it just a, a COVID thing that's made it? It's more difficult. Been a constant thing. I think that's just the trades in general. Nature of your industry. It I is. Mean, I, I mean, it's any business, right? And yeah. you add well, any kind of skilled trade. It seems like there. You know, people just aren't going to trade schools anymore. Um, well, it's the E myth, right? The the book, the E myth, mm-hmm. right? You start a business, you, you can you have complete control over it, and then you've got to start trusting people, and they're not going to do it the same way you do, and that's a, a big challenge, I think, for any business. Sure, right. you're always going to have trouble finding people. Sure, but you've got to invest in them, and you've got to trust them, and that's I think we do a good job of that now. So tell me, you know, in in kind of the the you know the true fashion of the podcast, tell me here what you guys have done as. You know, so we we get through last year. Revenue's not there during that early spring summertime because of COVID. People don't want people in their house, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, then we get team meetings back, and we get some more synergy within the office, and things start to go really well. We end the year strong. As things heat up this year, literally, not figuratively, mm-hmm. literally heat up outside. What have you guys done to take advantage of the heat? You know, what what momentum have you guys rolled into this year with and how have you guys kind of assured that you keep that? Well, last year was more than COVID. So we we naturally, like you just said, as stuff starts heating up, that's when we have our peaks. So we naturally have our shoulder months, which are, you know, January, February is a horrible month always. I mean, hands down, February is the worst. 
but January through April, we struggle. And then what the back end is September through December. And I shouldn't say struggle. It's just not as busy as the summertime is. Um, last year, you compound that with COVID. And then the 2020 elections, like nobody wanted to spend any kind of money whatsoever right. until after mm-hmm. the elections. Sure. The first part of this year was it was insane. It was like everybody's like, all right, let's do this. Let's change out units. I mean, we were what way over what our budget was for the year just because every I don't know, I can't explain it. I don't know why everybody changed how they were spending money. At was the it beginning. a big change in just re- do you guys do commercial? Very li- we're probably 90% residential. Just because of how you market. We market zero commercial whatsoever. Right. The commercial we do is just stuff that's falling in our laps. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. So we're mm-hmm. so people were kind of more comfortable letting money go. Let's change units, let's upgrade our stuff in the residential world. Right. So what what does that look like? How do you capture? How do you make sure that you're the the person on their shelf, you know, like is everybody not feeling in your industry that resurgence of people loosening up their, their pocketbook is everybody doing well right now in your industry from what I hear. Yeah. I mean, we only know what, you know, what our, our vendors tell us, um, what we buy our equipment from. And they, they say this year, everyone's doing really well. Um, maybe it's all those stimulus checks. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Well, your industry definitely was affected. I mean, like you said, we've talked about some of the ways they were affected. So they were definitely some of the business that were, were stimulated. We're definitely in your industry. Um, I'm curious. Go ahead. Yeah. I just want to say on that. I mean, last year with all of that going on, we didn't go backwards, right? We pretty much finished even 19 or excuse me, we finished 20, what we did in 19. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of growth there, but, um, and what we didn't do and what we normally would have did in our spring months, we, you know, by far made it up in our off season in the fall, which is kind of a flop for us. So we ended the year just, you know, the same thing we did in 19. So there wasn't any real growth there for 20. So with the back half of this year in mind, how do we continue the momentum that you guys have established through the first six months of this year? So, I mean, we're, we focus a lot on um, customer satisfaction. That's um, for us, that's our core value in our company. Um, it's our only but core value. It's our only core value. Um, but with that, there's a lot that comes with it. Um, and it's not just about your customers. It's about your employees as well, because you know, if your employees aren't happy, they're just going to go someplace else. And then you're, you know, when you lose an employee, it costs money. It sure it, it just does. And when you hire an employee, it costs money. So, you know, employee retention is really big. Um, so you don't want to burn your guys out. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to run until eight, nine o'clock at night. Um, so you got to be mindful of that and keep a good balance with, you know, you're wanting to bring in new customers. But one of the big things we do is offer um, a very competitive maintenance plan for our customers because we know um, the more maintenance customers we have, the more loyal customers we have, the more business we have. That's in our creating season. recurring income. That's right. Right. So people are signing up for like a monthly or every few months subscription to That's that right. you guys will come fix their stuff. Right. And what if you guys didn't install their stuff? Will you do that as well? Oh, sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. And where are you guys doing most of your business? Canton still? Um, well, Canton is by far our largest service area, but we service everything north of Interstate 20. Oh, wow. So, and, and then we stop about Jasper is about as far up as we go. So um, don't really go 
much further north than Jasper. But yeah, we have a pretty large service area. Sure. Yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have a huge portion of the state. Right. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, how do you guys, you know, plan to continue that, you know, your number one focus is engaging your employees, mm -hmm. right? Is keeping your employees, making sure that while everyone in your industry is doing well, that you're not losing employees to other people for a dollar. What is that? What, you know, what skill is in that? How does that work? How are you guys making sure that you're kind of top of your mind to, to keep your employees? Not within your industry. I don't want you to give in way, you know. What, specifically employee retention? Yeah, just specifically. How are you guys going to keep your people when everyone in your industry is doing well? It's a lot of what she said. I mean, we really – so when you – as a service tech, right, you, you want to make good money. That's important to you. But you also want the free time, right? Mm -hmm. you, your family's important to you. Um, and, and maybe this is just the text that we look for, for whatever reason, but that, that's what we found is the most important to technicians. And I can say that for myself as a technician. So we, we really, well, let me back up a little bit. Other companies in the industry, in this market, they'll hire a lot of guys in the summertime and just to get through that heat wave. Like I need to make all this money and put money away. So when winter comes, I'm, I'm good. And I'll just let all those guys go. We don't do that. Right. We, we want to have a core group of guys um, and, and make sure that we carry them through the winter months until we get back to summer with the expectation, hey, you know, we're, we're going to work hard in the summertime um, and it's going to be pretty easy in the winter. I shouldn't say easy, but it's still we, we have a set number of, um, of calls that we, you know, expect out of our techs. Sure. Um, so that that's really to me the biggest thing for employee retention is is one, making sure their work schedule is it fits their lifestyle, and two, the benefits that we have. How right. many salespeople do you guys have? We're at three. Three salespeople? Uh, like, yeah. Four. Four, yeah. yeah. How many techs? We're at eight now. Eight techs. Hmm. Two of them are maintenance techs, so we hire two guys. Very little HVAC knowledge, had a little bit of mechanical aptitude. Um, and are slowly training them so that they can become service techs. That's something new that we just started. I really like the younger guys, especially me coming from an apprenticeship program. I, I really like to bring guys up that, you know, have no experience at all. Yeah, they're a blank slate, too. Right. You get to teach them your culture from oh, the yeah. from the beginning. And they're very loyal sure. to the company. Yeah. The, the two we have have both been with us for quite a while now. And um, they're just very loyal, and they're very eager to learn, too. Good. So, yeah. Well, cool. Well, I think you guys are headed for, uh, you know, you guys are headed for a really cool place, you know, within your business as you guys continue to grow. And, you know, uh, our, a big portion of what we do here is value, you know, like we have um, all the technology that we have, all the time that we really spend understanding the infrastructure of this building and our company is important to us. You know, that's why we stay here and we continue to do what we do is because, you know, we get taken care of as well. So we share that, you know, as a value between our company. So I think that you guys are headed to a really cool place. I'm interested to see what that looks like. Um, you know, if we have people within our audience that want to have another conversation with you guys, how do they find you? So, um, obviously they can call our number. It's, uh, 770-213-2665 or, um, on our website, there's chat features. I'll bring us right into our office. Um, and that's comfortzone.cool is the website. Sure. Cool. Well, uh, the last thing I want to ask you about really, and, and close with this, and I think it's going to be pretty cool is, you know, the title of the, the podcast is burn the ship and what we think that is to us, to us burning the ship is, you know, there's no going back. 
is that we've landed somewhere and we've committed to something and we're going to figure out how to do it without turning around. Tell me what going through that experience of purchasing a business was. Where did you get that? Um, that's from a Spanish conquistador named Hernan Cortez. Mm-hmm. So he burned the ship so they, they couldn't go back? Yeah, so he sailed to South America to basically take over the the empires of the Aztecs and the Mayans. And as soon as he got there, they burned all their ships I the thought, first day. I thought it was a Warcraft reference. No, nah, <laughs> no, nah, that's it. <laughs> No, that's it. That's where it comes from. So it's uh, fully committing to your business. You know, that's why we try to bottle up a skill and and an understanding and a perspective that you guys get on business. So hopefully we can kind of pass that on to to someone else that's needing some of that stuff. So Mm. that act of burn, you know, buying that company is your burning of the ship. What does that feel like? You know, what what is that experience like? And, And how would you kind of relate that to someone that's kind of weighing those options within their own business of, hey, should I buy this? Should I not? Should I commit to it? Should I not? What was that experience like for you guys? That's a good question. I I actually had a customer uh, talk to me the other day, and he was from Eastern Europe somewhere, and he he said, you know, you had to have a lot of courage to start a business. There's so many pitfalls, and there's so many things that could go wrong, and that's why a lot of people don't do it because they don't have courage. They don't believe in themselves enough to even even try it. I don't know if that specifically answers your question. I, I mean, I think, you know, for me, it, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I've, I've got, you know, my family to support. This is, I enjoy doing this. Um, it, it pays my bills. Um, I like the freedom. Um, it is, you know, sometimes you think, oh my gosh, you know, you entrust in these people to do right in these customers' homes. And um, sometimes things just don't work out the way you hope they do, you know, accidents happen and people get injured and stuff like that happens. It's, it, it's terrible, but, um, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love it. Sure. I love it. That's the biggest thing for, you know, smaller guys that are looking to get bigger is the trust you, you have to trust your employees. And we've had friends in the industry, different trades that they just, they wouldn't grow because they didn't like, man, this guy's not going to do it the way I would do it. And that's the, you're going to get let down. That's just part of it. Sure. People are not going to do it the way you do it. They're going to do something that, well, I guess common sense isn't that common, right? That That's really how it boils down to. And I guess one thing that's really kept me going is, you know, we have a lot of mentors in the industry that's helped us over the years. Right. People that are, are friends of ours that we still talk to today who have been in the industry a lot longer than the two of us have. And, you know, they've shared their success stories and they've shared their failures and um, there, there's one that, that comes to mind, and I probably heard this story um, from our mentor, I don't know, five years or so into the industry, and basically his employees burnt down a customer's home. Oh and um, this guy, is, he's very, very successful. And um, he said, you know what? It, we put those people up in an apartment, and we paid for it, and you know, we made it right by the customer. And I continued my business and we, you know, we moved on, we got past it. And to me, I, I've just always thought, you know, if that can happen to him, you know, I can do that too. We can, you know, come just overcome any obstacle that's in our way and we can continue to move forward. Yeah. With all that employee training, hopefully you don't burn anybody's house right. down. <laughs> Gosh. Well, that's We've learned cool. a lot. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm interested. Um, I'm interested in learning more about your industry and your contractor space in general. Is you know we've had a uh, you know a 
kind of a flurry of different contractors, people that are good at different stuff on the podcast over time. And you always learn um, something different or get a different perspective from someone that's been in the industry of being in front of so many different people, you know, fixing problems for, you know, that, that's something that's different for you guys as well as that, you know, in our business in the payment space, I have to come to you and kind of raise the attention that, hey, there's probably some money to be saved in this sector of your business. Well, you guys are already having this communication with, you know, say I'm the homeowner. I'm already sweating, literally. You know, I'm already pretty ill, you mm-hmm. know, and that's something so different is that, you know, there's so much training and there's so much customer service. And there's so much experience that goes into entering someone's home and fixing a problem for those people in exchange for money. You know, it's a, it's a science that sounds so simple that is the furthest thing from that. You know, so I, I hope that uh, our audience as well, I definitely have, has gained some more perspective and some understanding about your industry and what it looks like to kind of take advantage of the heat. So um, unless you guys have anything else you want to say to anyone that might be listening or, you know, your, your people or anyone that's going to hear this, feel free. Like I said, take advantage of the platform. We're happy that you guys came out. I appreciate you guys for being here. But that's all I got. You know, I, th- I think we're pretty good. No, I don't have anything extra to add. No. Appreciate you having us on. Oh, no, yeah. I appreciate Definitely you guys. Definitely different than the normal marketing avenues that we go down. So right. sure. we were right. very interested when we saw the email. Cool. Right. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks.